On the resurrection morning when all the dead in Christ shall rise, I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Weakness raised in power, ready to live in paradise. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. I'll have a new home. Glory, glory. With the redeemed of God, there'll be no more sorrow. No more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raised in the likeness of my Savior, ready to live in glory. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Youthful and happy I shall be I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life Glorified with Him forever Death will be lost in victory I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life I'll have a new home Glory, glory With the redeemed Never stand no more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness in his likeness. Ready to live, I'll be glad. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Eternal life. Oh, hallelujah, morning when the last trump of God shall sound. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life, eternal grace. All bursting saints are shouting heavenly beauty all around. I'll have a new body, praise the Lord, I'll have a new life, oh yes. I'll have a new home, glory, glory, glory. with the reading of God to stand. No more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness of this likeness. Ready to live, I'll be glad. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be. Welcome to the Passion for Christ show. So glad to have you, friend. I'm your host, Bruce Kessler, and I just want to let you know that I'm part of the greatest movement ever, a follower of Jesus Christ, because you see, in Him alone, I find peace, joy, happiness. I am blessed beyond measure, more than I could ever deserve. My goal here is very simple, that is to encourage you, friend, along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Upcoming in our study segment, we're going to be talking about I Know My Redeemer lives amen folks i know my redeemer lives but before we get to that we got a few things along the way and the first is headline news folks get this Dr. Rex Rogers, North American president of the Middle East Media Ministry, SAT 7, says this after the Taliban's takeover. We're hearing from reliable sources that the Taliban demand people's phones 
And if they find a downloaded Bible on your device, they will kill you immediately. This is, of course, after the Taliban's takeover in Afghanistan, folks. He adds that it's incredibly dangerous right now for Afghans to have anything Christian on their phones. The Taliban has spies and informants everywhere. Open Doors rank Afghanistan as the second most dangerous country in the world for Christians, even before the Taliban has taken control. Now, a pastor who's built churches in Afghanistan is warning that the Taliban will exterminate the church there. A pastor in the U.S. who works with Afghan refugees reports young Christian girls are being pursued by the Taliban. The Taliban just raided the home of another church leader and confiscated his Bibles and literature. House church leaders have reportedly received letters from the Taliban warning them that they know where they are and what they are doing. And a member of the UK United Kingdom Parliament warns that there are 228 missionaries in Afghanistan currently under sentence of death. Just get that, folks. In a statement earlier this week, former President George W. Bush and his wife Laura spoke directly to veterans who served in Afghanistan. Many of you, they said, deal with wounds of war, both visible and invisible, and some of your brothers and sisters in arms made the ultimate sacrifice in the war on terror. Each day we have been humbled by your commitment and your courage. You took out a brutal enemy and denied Al-Qaeda a safe haven while building schools, sending supplies, providing medical care. You kept America safe from further attacks, provided two decades of security and opportunity for millions, and made America proud. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts and will honor you always for your contributions. Amen, folks. But get that. Can you believe it? The Taliban are killing Christians. Just because they have Bibles on their cell phones. Mm, 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 mm. Well, now further news in Afghanistan. A Christian in Afghanistan is pleading with the world not to forget the underground church there, saying in a new video that he feels abandoned but will remain in the country to continue in God's work. The roughly four-minute Video shows a man in front of a camera with his face pixelated and his voice changed to protect his safety. It was released Wednesday, several days after the Taliban took control of the Afghanistan capital of Kabul and pledged a return to extremist Islamic rule. The man says in the video, Hello, brothers and sisters. Today in Afghanistan is the first day of Taliban rule. I don't know what the future of this country will be. We are not able to control our emotions because we worked so hard for 20 years. All of our work over the past 20 years has been lost overnight. 
Only God understands how much pain we have and how broken our hearts are. Several times in the video, the man pauses to gain his composure because he is crying. We're crying not out of fear, but because our hearts ache for our beautiful country. It has now been destroyed by this savage and extremist group. Every precious thing of value in our nation is now destroyed. The man then declares that we are not leaving the field. He also asked the world to protect the children and families of Christians if they are indeed killed. We will fight harder and will continue in God's work. If we are no longer with you, remember this word from our, broke, from our unbroken hearts. But please remember us, the great difficulties we now face. If any of us remain, if our children remain, I have a request. Please do not leave them alone. Please take care of them. Please do not abandon them. Mm, heart rendering, folks. We will continue God's work. Afghan Christian declares as he pleads to the world to remember them and not abandon them in their crisis. In other news, folks, a Virginia school board this week defied a new state requirement and voted down a proposal that would have forced schools to allow students to use the restroom and locker room they wish. The Newport News School Board opposed this proposal in a 5-1 vote Tuesday after hearing from both sides. School Board Chairman Douglas Brown, who is African American, he says, when the law violates the Constitution, then it's a bad law. This law violates the Constitution. The proposal, he added, infringes on the rights of parents. Mm, 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 mm. The new LGBT concentric law was passed by the legislature in 2020 requires that all public school districts adopt a policy permitting students who identify as transgender to use the restroom locker room that matches their gender identity. Brown, who is African American, said it's wrong to call everyone who disagrees with the LGBT ideology as a bigot. I have a different belief and respect your right to have a different belief as well. There you go, folks. School votes down transgender policy, defying state. It imposes a set of beliefs on everyone. Folks, all this news just makes you just shake your head in bewilderment. Let's put our faith and trust. And the Almighty God, that's all we can do. And stand up for truth, folks. That's all we can do. And that's our headline news for this broadcast. And now, folks, this day... In church history. After three years of dissections in 1897, 
through the intervention of some other researchers, Ronald Ross became convinced that mosquitoes were the carrier of malaria. Leaving his wife and children in England, he returned to India, where he had previously worked on the problem of malarial transmission. In his spare moments from his regular medical duties, he dissected mosquitoes for the telltale black granue crescents that signified malaria in human victims. His superiors scoffed at him and moved him from place to place, interrupting his research at crucial moments in the mosquito cycle. Still, he dissected hundreds of mosquito breeds searching for the carrier. Finally, after three years of failure on this day, in 1897, he found black crescents in the Anopheles mosquito. He began a poem that night in elation. Ross, who identified himself as a Christian, quoted some of Paul's, the Apostle Paul's words to the church at Corinth. Here was his poem, folks. This day, relenting God, hath placed within my hand a wondrous thing, and God be praised at his command. Seeking his secret deeds with tears and tolling breath, I find thy cunning seeds. O million murdering death, I know this little thing. A myriad men will say, O death, where is thy sting, thy victory, O grave? Mm-mm-mm, folks. Mm-mm-mm. And that's this day in church history. And now, folks, we have a little bit of fun. With Name That Bible Character Segment. Well, folks, here is your clue. Here is your clue. I am the number of elders that Moses appointed to help him in the wilderness. What number am I? Here's your clue one more time. I am the number of elders that Moses appointed to help him in the wilderness. What number am I? We'll reveal the final answer to that tantalizing clue following our study segment. So stay tuned, folks, for that exciting reveal in our final segment of Name That Bible character and now folks we're at our study segment get your bibles ready friend pull up a chair and let's open up god's fantastic and powerful word today's lesson is called i know that my redeemer lives amen folks I know that my Redeemer lives. Family vacations and family reunions are so amazing, folks. We just got back from 
a trip about two weeks ago from uh, Rinkin, Georgia. We traveled through Rinkin and and then went to Helen, Georgia, and just had a fantastic time in Savannah, Georgia, with our brothers and sisters and family and friends, folks. And we just had a great time driving all day with family, singing, playing games, coming home, saying hello, goodbye to all of our loved ones, getting to visit with really cool relatives, enjoying the excellence of life and God's rich blessings. What a powerful, powerful time it is when we can all come together under the banner of Jesus Christ. As I said, uh, we uh, as we left Savannah, Georgia, and Rankin, Georgia, we decided to spend the day, our afternoon, and night over in Helen, Georgia. And it was just a fantastic place, other than the beginnings of the Smoky Mountains in the northeast part of Georgia. Just beautiful scenery, and uh, we just had a great time. It was just a pretty amazing time there. Well, about. Four or five days later, we get a video that was sent to us by our, our loving cousins in Baton Rouge. And the whole place in Helen, Georgia was covered with water. And especially the motel section where we were, the waters were even there. And I was like, I was like thinking, what a difference a few days make tropical depression fred moved in a few days after we left dropped tons of water and caused great flooding there and i was just thinking how how what would we have done if we would have been in the middle of that tragedy i guess you can say folks that we truly escaped by the skin of our teeth. How would I have responded if one of my grandchildren were separated by this flood? How would I handled, I wondered, a, a, a real crisis or genuine suffering and heart-rendering uh, pain and agony? What if this vacation... Uh, that we were on turned deadly. Instantly, you see, a, a joyous occasion would have turned into tragedy. Folks, what this showed me is life is so precious and so delicately balanced. But I was thinking about Job, and I was thinking about this is something that Job experienced, but much, much worse. Remember, he lost his children, he lost his possessions, he lost his income, he lost his property. Then he contracted a debilitating disease from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet, boils. In the depths of tragedy, in the middle of the raging storm of life, pressured and dressed down by what he called miserable comforters or his friends, Job would say, I am nothing but skin and bones. I have escaped only by the skin of my teeth. In Job chapter 19, verse 20. Job said, I have escaped only by the skin of my teeth. 
someone in his predicament could say that. But folks, that's life. That's that delicate balance that we walk every day. We walk out that door. Think of, think of the tragedy of what has happened in Afghanistan. The families that are left there. The Christian families. The ministries that are left there. The government instantly changed and reverted to Taliban. And every day these Christian believers, every hour they breathe, it's a brush with death. Folks, that's that delicate balance that they are living. But I want you to go back to Job. Job, who had just said, I am nothing but skin and bones. I have escaped only by the skin of my teeth. Job 19, verse 20. You see, he compares his brush with tragedy and death and suffering as a a, a very narrow margin, just barely, measured by teeth. And even though his touch with death was avoided by the, by, by the very skin of his teeth, even though his companions were adding to his overall misery, even though he was suffering, and his suffering was real and deep and dreadful, he would still boldly assert in verse 25 of Job 19, I know that my Redeemer lives. Amen, folks? Can I get an amen? I know that my Redeemer lives. Everyone who is suffering, everyone who's in the midst of tragedy, everyone who has the about touch of death needs to say what Job says. I know that my Redeemer lives. They need to have the faith. They need to have their trust. They need to have that belief and hold on to it even in the midst of tragedy. You see, Job uh, could, could not adequately explain why these awful things were happening to him, but he was not going to allow those awful circumstances to define who he was to define his faith, to define his God. I know that my Redeemer lives. And the Hebrew word here is quite fantastic, folks. The word Redeemer. The word Redeemer is defined as an avenger, one who pays a ransom to redeem one from slavery. It's used as a kinsman Redeemer, one who would be responsible to help his relatives in any difficult or danger. This is who Job fully trusted in and invested his life in, even with boils on the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. And see, friend, you and I are challenged to trust in Jesus Christ, whom I believe Job is pointing to as our Redeemer. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 and 6, For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to at the proper time. You see, Jesus has purchased back with his precious blood his kinsmen, which is you and I, all of those who call upon the name of Jesus. 
you and I who have fallen so far back into debt, Romans chapter 3, verse 23, that it's impossible to redeem ourselves. We need Jesus. Jesus paid for our deliverance from sin and his life, with his life, in his life. For he became sin for us so that we may have the righteousness to be right, to be just, to be sanctified. Folks, you never know when tragedies or sickness will come. You need to be fully invested, trustfully, confident, st stable in the Redeemer as Job found himself and his faith in. I know that my Redeemer lives. John 16, verse 33, I have said these things to you that in me, Jesus said, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Amen, folks. Have you trusted in Jesus? Is your life found in Jesus? Friend, does your life bear witness of your commitment and conviction in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Do you fully trust in Jesus as your Redeemer? Even in the midst of tragedy, even in the midst of storms, in the middle of brush with death. I know can you say this, friend, with me? I know that my Redeemer lives. That's our study, friend, for this broadcast. Amen, folks. What a faith statement by Job in his circumstances. I know that my Redeemer lives. Amen, folks. Amen and glory. Hallelujah. And now, folks, we have the conclusion to name that Bible character. Here was your clue. Here was your clue. I am the number of elders that Moses appointed to help him in the wilderness. What number am I? Well, it's 70. That's right, 70. Numbers 11, verse 16. And the Lord said unto Moses, Gather unto me 70 men of the elders of Israel. And thou knowest to be the elders of the people, officers over them, and bring them into the tabernacle of the congregation that they may stand there with thee. I am the number of elders that Moses appointed to help him in the wilderness. What number am I? Seventy. And name that Bible character. Well, folks, you too can become a follower of the greatest movement ever. Give your life over to Jesus in repentance. Submit yourself in baptism. Be forgiven of all of your sins. 
and gain a peace that passes all understanding. My goal here is very simple. That is to encourage you, friend, along the way to help you find your passion in life. In Jesus Christ. Go to our website, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com. Well, friend, I want to tell you, it's been a privilege and honor for me to have you walking along my side during this show. May God bless you. Take the message to
What you gonna do today, man? I'm gonna take it to the street. What do you mean? Taking it to the street. You mean Jesus Christ? He can take it to the street. Taking it to the street.